85, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 7. Hear the word of God. Now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore I tell you, no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. This is the word of God for the people of God. You may be seated. All right, I got a question. Who in here does not like to receive a gift? Think about it. December 24th, the next day's Christmas. It's a beautiful time, right? Especially when you're a child. But if I were to bring you a gift right now, wrapped up with a nice little bow on it, and I walk up to one of you and I say, this is for you. What are you going to say? I heard of too many things at once, I couldn't make it. What's that? Thank you. Okay. Would anybody say, why? Why? That's the one I was, I knew someone would say, why? Why are you giving this to me? You know, as human beings, we often feel like, I don't deserve this, right? I don't deserve it. We feel like we have to earn everything that is given to us a lot of times. Now, there are some extreme cases where people are like, yeah, just give it to me. You know, selfish, self-centered, whatever. But most of the time, if I were to walk up to you, sure, you might say thank you. But in your mind, you might be thinking, what did I do to deserve this? Am I wrong? Right, I'm not wrong, am I? But what if I said, you can't do anything to deserve this? You'll never do anything to deserve this. Just take it. How are you going to make me feel if you say, nope, don't want that? If you brought me a gift and I said, get away from me. I I don't deserve that. I don't want that. How does that make you feel? When you're giving somebody a gift, You want them to have it, and if they try to reject it, do you feel rejected? I think you know where I'm going with this. God has given each one of us a gift. Some of us have more than one gift. We all start out with one gift. And then, if we use that gift and we're obedient to use that gift, even if we don't even realize we're using it, and that happens a lot, He gives us another gift. How can I say this? There was a parable that Jesus taught us. To one man was given five talents, to another three, and to one, one talent was given. The man who had five talents went out and used them and got five more. The man who had three talents went out and used them and got three more talents, so now he had six, and the first one had ten. The one who had the one talent feared God and said, I don't want to lose this. I don't want to invest this and lose it. 
I'm going to go bury it, and then when he comes back, I'll have this one to give him. What happened to the man who had the one, if you know the story? If you don't know the story, when the time came, the master came back and said, I gave you each talents or gifts. What did you do with them? The man who had five said, here's five more. The man who had three said, here's three more. The man who had the one said, you know, I was really worried I might lose this, so I just held on to it and I buried it. And the master was very angry. I gave it to you so you could use it and build up more. But you threw it away, away from me. Go out where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, as we talked about a couple weeks ago, I don't believe that that is talking about you're getting thrown into hell. So just take that and throw that away right now. But do you want to make God angry by not using the gift that he's given you? If you gave me a gift and I didn't use it, I'd expect you to be angry, right? And same with me. If I gave you one and you didn't use it, I'd expect to be a little bit upset about that. So God gives us all at least one gift. Are you going to use it? Now, here's the thing. Before you get upset and say, oh, what am I going to do? Many people don't realize they have the gift and they use it anyway. In their everyday life, it's part of who they are. They're working, they're doing it, and it, they're using this gift, and they never call it a spiritual gift. And you know what? God honors that. But the one who knows they have it, they say, I don't believe in this. Throw it away. That's what makes God angry. Okay? So don't feel like, oh, no, I don't know what it is. I'm in trouble. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'll help you determine what it is and then help you know how to use it. Okay? But once you know what it is, don't throw it away. So when the time comes, I'm going to give everybody a document that is a very common, very widely used test for determining your spiritual gifts. And I'm telling you, it will show you what God has given you, because you'll see yourself in this test. You'll be reading these questions like, yeah, that's me. Yeah. And you'll start at the end when you score it, you'll say, oh, so I have the gift of service. Oh, I have the gift of whatever it may be. And then you'll start to realize, oh, yeah, all those times in my life when I did this and that and the other thing, oh, I didn't realize that was God working in me. Okay? That's the enlightenment that God wants you to have. Then, once you know that and you use that and you say, oh, okay, thank you, Lord, then you might get another one. Because if you're faithful with one, he'll give you another. If I give everybody in here $10, not only would Tanya be very upset with me, but <laughs> and I said, go out and use it to invest it and get more, I don't care how you do it. And someone comes back and says, you know what? I threw it away. I don't care if you give it to someone else. That would be fine. But if you said, I just threw it away, I'm not going to be happy. Okay? So there's lots of ways to use the gifts of the Spirit. And over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to explain what they are, every single one of them, including the one that nobody wants to hear about, speaking in tongues. We'll, we'll talk about that when the time comes. And I'll explain it the best I can. But... 
Anyway, what I'm saying is I'm going to show you what they are. If you are interested, and now I'm not going to force anyone to take this test. If you don't want to know, don't take the test. It's okay. But if you really want to know, take the test. We'll talk about it. You don't have to talk to me about it if you don't want to, but if you want to, I can help you. I can explain it. And then we'll learn. And yes, every single one of us will have at least one. Some of us will have two or three without even realizing, or maybe you do know it, and maybe you've been using them. Okay, but before we get there, there's a reason I'm doing this. Throughout church history, since Jesus said to his disciples in Acts chapter 1, all power and authority has been given to me, and you shall be my witnesses first in Jerusalem, then in Judea, and then in Samaria and to the ends of the world. And when he said that, and then when he said, and the power will come upon you, you were baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. When he said all these things in Acts chapter 1, the Holy Spirit just came upon the scene in Acts chapter 2 and, and just changed the world. But then churches started to form. Denominations started to form. The dreaded D word started to form. Doctrine. I hate that word. Doctrine. I love it, but I hate it. We need it, but I hate it. <laughs> but anyway, the Holy Spirit should never be doctrine. The Holy Spirit should be experience. The Holy Spirit is not to be talked about. The Holy Spirit is to be experienced. The Holy Spirit is not to just discuss. All these D words, doctrine, discuss. The Holy Spirit is to be a part of our lives, experiencing God through the Holy Spirit and through the gifts of the Spirit. Through the gifts of the Spirit. Some of you might be a little scared right now saying, what's he going to tell me? I don't know about this, some of these things. I can't do that. Okay, there's some big ones, big name ones, prophecy, discernment of spirits, Speaking in tongues, healing, miracles, they may not be yours. But then there's some that are called service, hospitality, helping, and others. They may be they're yours. You're not going to have all of them, though you can. Just because you have one doesn't mean that that's what you're going to have for the rest of your life. Maybe God will give it to you one time to experience him and never do it again. When the disciples spoke in tongues on the day of Pentecost, some of them never did it again. That was their one time. Does that mean, hey, I got the gift of speaking in tongues. No, they didn't do that. They said, I experienced the Holy Spirit. And people heard me speaking in a language I never knew. Did Paul go around saying, hey, I heal people? No. Because we don't know for sure how many times he did. Maybe it was only three or four. But he healed people. So it's not something to take on as a badge of courage and say, hey, look what I got. You know, that's not what it's for. It told us in verse 7, what's it for? For the common good. It is not for you. It is for the common good. Any gift you have is to be experienced as an experience with God and for the common good. It is not for you to say, I am a whatever. I'm a healer. I'm a prophet. I'm an apostle. That's not what it's for. It's a way for you to show the world 
that God is real and he's working in you and you never have to use those words because people will see it and experience it for themselves. Okay? So it's going to be a bit of a journey, but we've got to remember we're moving beyond doctrine. The United Methodist Church, in their doctrine, has the gifts of the Spirit. Talk, they talk about them. They mention them. They want us to use them. But it never goes beyond the book of discipline. Rarely does it ever go beyond the book of discipline. Now, I'm not going to say that we're all going to be standing in here and become a Pentecostal church. I'm not saying that either, because that's the other extreme. There's two extremes. There's evangelicals who are like, yeah, we talk about it. We believe it. It's in the Bible. We got to talk about it. We got to believe it. Then you got Pentecostals who are like, hey, let's go. Let's worship. We're not either of those extremes. We want to come right here in the center and experience God for ourselves the way he wants us to experience him. Now, if you're over here throwing your arms up in the air, praise God. If you stay over here and you're still studying it and understanding it, there's something to that too. There are gifts of the Spirit that work in that fashion. But as long as you know about them and you let God work in you, that's all I'm asking. To be somewhere here in the center, letting God work in you. Okay? So I'm not trying to chase anybody away but I'm also trying to pull you away from one extreme or the other, wherever you are. And come here in the center and meet God and let the Holy Spirit work in you. So are you with me? I think it's going to be fun. So what we will talk about is we'll use 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We'll use Romans chapter 12. We'll use Ephesians chapter 4. Those are the three main ones. Then there are various places throughout Scripture, 1 Peter, 1 Timothy, um, Galatians. There are many places where we will pull Scripture in to see the evidence of these gifts being used by people. But the three main are going to be 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Ephesians 4, and Romans 12, and maybe 1 Corinthians 14. But before I end this message today, I want to give you a little background on how we got to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, because that's really important. This is something that a lot of people don't teach on. Say, how did Paul get to here? And then, what did Paul say after? So if you just bear with me for a few more minutes. The Corinthians, the Corinthian church was unlike most churches in that time. They were working very powerfully in the gifts of the Spirit. They were performing miracles. They were healing. They were prophesying. They were speaking in tongues. They were doing everything that Paul talks about, okay? But they believed it was their superpower, if you will. Like, Superman can fly, and he can, he's got x-ray vision. Aquaman can swim underwater. What can Batman do? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't want to upset anybody. But anyway, they do all these things, and they were thinking that it was for them. So Paul says, no, it's for the common good. Not only that, I want you to understand what they are and why you have them. Because what they were doing is they were using them to build themselves up, and they were using them to try to put other people down. That's not good. That's not what the Holy Spirit does. It is so simple. What does God do for us? In our relationship with him, he draws us in, he teaches us, he guides us, he saves us, and he builds us up. And he helps us to know him more and experience him more so that 
we can share, even if with only one person ever in our lives, at least we share with someone who he is. Not everybody's an evangelist. Not everybody's going to go out on the street corner and, and go in underneath a big tent and be like Billy Graham, okay? But everybody can do something. So in the buildup to 1 Corinthians 12, Paul's like, you guys, you're good, you got it, but you're doing it all wrong. And that's when he gets to 1 Corinthians 12 and he lays out what the gifts of the Holy Spirit are. That's our first, if you will, first contact as to what they are. But there's other places. But then, he then at the very end, and I don't, I want everybody to, if you don't remember anything else today, remember this. The very last verse of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. He just explained everything. He says, now I will show you the most excellent way. If I speak in tongues, if I prophesy, if I have all this knowledge and I don't have love, I am a clanging gong or a banging cymbal. I am nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. Oh, wait, I've heard this before. If you've been to a wedding, you've heard this before, right? Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not boast. Love does not envy. Love does not look at each other's wrongs. Love endures. 1 Corinthians 13, used very commonly in weddings. But it comes right after 1 Corinthians 12 for a purpose. If you have all these gifts, you can have every single one of them. If you don't have love, you're nothing. Love is the driving force of all of these because love, God is love, and love comes through the Holy Spirit, and these gifts are given to us because God loves us, and he wants us to exhibit his love in all the world through the experience of the Holy Spirit. So that's the foundation, that's the introduction, that's where we're going to be going over the next few weeks. I don't know how many weeks yet. Honestly, I'm going to be quite honest with you, I wanted to avoid teaching this because it can be taken so many ways and so many wrong ways, but God kept saying, I want you to teach this and I will show you. And so pray that God will lead me to show you what he wants us to know. Okay? I think it's going to be very enjoyable. I'm really looking forward to it. I hope you are too. And again, you don't have to participate in taking the test, but it will be available to anyone who wants to. I've taken it. I know what my gifts are. I've taken it three times, and the same three pop up every time. But as you take it multiple times, you might see the other gifts develop, some fade away. And I'll, as we get to it, I'll explain what they are, what I do with them, how I use them. Okay? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit. What an amazing gift. The comforter, the counselor, the guide, and the power of God in us. Wow. That's just amazing to behold when we think of it like that, Lord. That your power that created the whole world is in us. And you want to move in us and through us. So thank you, Lord, for this power. And teach us and guide us in all your ways that we may experience your spiritual gifts. That we may know you and draw closer to you in all that we do. Help us to not be scared of it, but also help us not to abuse it. Help us to be your people, called by your name, chosen and set apart 
for your kingdom. We ask this of you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Um, Our closing hymn will be God Be With You, number 672. And Kristen had to leave, so you get to hear me sing. Oh, boy, here we go. (laughs) Number 672.